from the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, greetings to you today, beloved. We are here back in Zechariah chapter 10. We have seen the asking of the Spirit in verse 1, the abomination of the shepherds in verses 2 and 3. Today we're going to pick up in verse 4 and, and down through the end of the chapter through verse 12 and look at the activity of the Savior. I'm going to just read the first uh, five verses down through verse 8 and then and we'll see how far we get today. But in beginning in verse number 4, the Bible says this, Out of him came forth the corner, out of him the nail, out of him the battle bow, out of him every oppressor together. Now, this goes back to verse number three, where God is going to show how he is going to use the Judah as his horse of battle. Jesus came from, the, from, from Judah. He is the line of the tribe of Judah. He was born as, as king of the Jews. He is coming back as king of kings and lord of lords through Judah. And verse four tells us how. And they shall be as mighty men, which tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle. And they shall fight because the Lord is with them and the riders on Horses shall be confounded, and I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph, and I will bring them again to place them, for I have mercy upon them, and they shall be as though I had not cast them off, for I am the Lord their God, and will hear them. And they of Ephraim shall be like a mighty man, and their heart shall rejoice as through wine. Yea, their children shall see it, and be glad. Their heart shall rejoice in the Lord. I will hiss for them, and gather them, for I have redeemed them, and they shall increase as they have increased. Now, here are four foretold qualities of the Messiah, four prophecies of the Messiah. The first two refer to his first coming. The second two refer to his second coming in, in, the, rest of the, in the remainder that we have in this chapter. Remember, for every one prophecy that concerns the first coming of Jesus, there are eight verses that concern his second coming. Now, first we have the cornerstone in Isaiah 20 that we have in verse 4 in Isaiah 28 16 therefore thus saith the Lord God behold I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone a tried stone a precious cornerstone a sure foundation he that believeth shall not make haste first Peter 2 6 wherefore also it is contained in the scripture Zechariah 10 Isaiah 28 Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. He that believes on Jesus is not going to be confounded, condemned, or destroyed. Amen. In those days, buildings were constructed differently than they are today. Uh, the foundation all, and all the rest began with the cornerstone. It had to be perfect in shape and in placement. If it was wrong, the rest would be wrong. That was built upon it. The building would be of poor construction and completely out of square if it was not right. Everything had to be perfect with the cornerstone, and it was. Jesus is a tried and proven cornerstone. He is a sure thing. Also here in verse number four, it says that Jesus is a nail. Isaiah 22, verses 22 and 23, And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. So he shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place, and he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. A nail was an important instrument to the Jews for the tabernacle. The nails were the tent pegs of the tabernacle. Now, there were no nails in the, in the temple, but there were in the tabernacle. The only way the tabernacle was stand was if it was nailed into the earth. Here it was prophesied that Jesus would be nailed into the earth, and so he was on Calvary. Now, 
I have read much about Roman crucifixions, and I have said often that in all my findings in, in the history of the Roman Empire, the Romans were the only ones that ever crucified in world history, and Jesus is the only, one, only man in history ever to be nailed to a cross by the Romans. It is possible they may have nailed some, but I've yet to read the accounting of it. I doubt I believe it. I, I doubt I would believe it if I did read of it, uh, if, especially if it came out of modern history, if it came out of ancient history like Herodotus or Tacitus or Josephus, if those men did not record it in their day, then I would not believe the testimony of infidels then or perpetrators of the gospels now. Amen. They were always tied in crucifixion. Jesus had to live and die like no other individual has ever lived and died. And he was nailed because the tabernacle, which is an Old Testament figure of Jesus, was nailed in place and Jesus had to be nailed into the earth as the tabernacle and at Calvary on the cross. And the third thing was the battle bow. The battle bow was mentioned in the 10th verse of the previous chapter in chapter 9. This is a picture of Christ conquering Satan. The Antichrist is the first horseman of Revelation 6 carrying a bow on a white horse because he conquers everything, counterfeits everything Jesus does. Jesus also comes with a battle bow. Jesus has come from afar to crush the head of Satan. He's come from heaven to earth. He's coming from heaven to Armageddon. Jesus comes with a battle bow. Calvary was Satan's Waterloo, as it were. Uh, that's a battle. Uh, that's the great uh, English battle with Lord Nelson uh, defeating Napoleon. That uh, it's not part of our history, but it's considered uh, one of the greatest battles in world history. Is the Battle of Waterloo, and, and that was Satan's Waterloo, as it were. Armageddon will be the total destruction of his world empire and authority. The final one, and uh, let me liken that to the American Revolution. Amen. Today, and in Hosea 2.18, and in that day I, will I make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven and with the creepy things of the ground, and I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of the earth and will make them to lie down safely. When Jesus comes, Satan is bound for a thousand years and there is peace on earth. Now look, let, let me just say, I'm trying to give you not just what Zechariah says, but all the Bible is tied together with a scarlet cord through the blood and the scriptures of Jesus Christ and, and written with a, a divine pen. God doesn't say anything that's important just once. And I'm trying to give you a taste to show you line upon line, precept upon precept, what the Bible says, not what I think, but what the Bible tells you is going to be happening and has happened here at Calvary. Let me give you the fourth thing and we'll be done today here in verse number four, that Jesus, uh, out of him, every oppressor together, the oppressor, Micah 5, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2. Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek. How about that? Jesus was beaten with rods, and they struck him on the cheek in Matthew's gospel. But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little amongst the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall, come, shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been of old from everlasting. Only Jesus fits that bill, my beloved friend. The Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world, the Ancient of Days who comes with healing in his wing. Every world oppressor will be expelled by him. The powers that be are ordained of God, but they will give an account of what they have done with that power. And hallelujah, we have oppressive powers in government right now. I think we do have a few good men trying to do some good things, but they are vastly outnumbered. And guess what? There is one that is coming who will remove all oppression. And as 
the uh, activity of our Savior, the King, goes on, we are going to find the five I wills of God. We are going to show you those things tomorrow. Oh, in Isaiah 14, we have the five I wills of Lucifer, but we are going to show you the five I wills of God. And tomorrow you join us, and uh, I'll reveal those things to you as the Lord allows us this divine opportunity. God bless you is our prayer until our time tomorrow. No longer a in rags of poverty. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poorhouse to the Palace. From the poor-